Hey, this is Ted from Death Angel, and you're listening to Focus on Metal. Metalheads, welcome once again to Focus on Metal in the studio with Richie. Yep, how's it going? Holy crap, it's been, uh, it's been a couple a weeks since you've uh, been down here, but then again, you've been out and about, and of course, you're out and about as part of uh, this week's show when you went out to uh, the Worcester Palladium talking to uh, Mr. Ted Aguilar of Death Angel. Yeah, it was uh, nice to uh, finally get hooked up with someone from the band. I know, yeah. we, had, I know we had Andy on as part oh, yeah, of the great. Uh, Master of Puppets thing, he was great. Yeah. And, uh, We've been trying to get um, someone from the current lineup on for a while. 30 years this month, by the way. Mm. Master. That's right, yeah. 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 And um, so we've been trying to get someone on from the current lineup. Yeah. And um, I sent in the request, heard nothing back, and then about a week before the gig, ping. (laughs) Um, If you want to do it, here's the road manager. Contact him the day before the show. Put you on the list, the whole lot. So um, met the road manager. He brought Ted over. And um, we we tried to find somewhere. Now, yeah. I, I, let me explain. The Worcester Palladium was one of these really, really old oh, yeah. venues. And um, it has all these um, hidden nooks and crannies in it. It's got like these back back like staircases that go up the back that you never even know existed. Yeah, and yeah. that's where they, he brought us for the interview. And it was fucking freezing cold as well. <laughs> and like Ted had a hoodie on him and he was kind of shivering a little bit. But, uh, and the, of course, it was right. It's right at the back of the upstairs venue. Yeah, and um, there was bands playing as we were doing the interview. So every so often, right in the middle of something, you just hear this like, bah, 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 bah. and I was like, "Fucking hell!" And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, "This is going to cause Scott fits because <laughs> the audio quality. I don't know if it's going to even sound yeah. good anyway." But yeah, it sounded great. Yeah, it, t- it turned out okay, and. Um, we had about, I think I spoke to Ted for about half an hour. And the funny thing was, we're, we're walking up the stairs with the road manager and, uh, you know, Ted happened to notice my accent. And I said, yeah, I saw you guys on the Art of Dying tour in Dublin. And he said, oh, yeah, I remember that place. You had to, it was like a little small place. You had to go down the stairs to get to it. And I'm like, holy shit, how <laughs> the fuck did he remember that? That was like over 10 years <laughs> ago. But, um, yeah, we shot shit for a couple of minutes hey, before. You never remember, you never forget the venues that you have like a really fucked up loaded. You never forget those venues. <laughs> Let me tell you right now. Well, this place was, <laughs> this place in Dublin was tiny, but um, the gig itself was great. Like de- I didn't stay for Devil Driver. Yeah. I, just, I, was, I was on the way home before they even hit the stage. Um, I saw all the rest of the bands. Um, I saw The Agonist. Yeah. Uh, d- I, they were good. They're a great band. Yeah, they played for about 20, 25 minutes, uh-huh. I'd say. And you know what? I cannot remember the band, the name of the band that came on after them. Um, oh, I just can't remember them. Brain fart, but they're one of these uh, down tune. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's no, not your deal. No, so it does, it's yeah. not my deal. Yeah. It just didn't do it for me. Um, and then of course, Death Angel came on, and I think they had like forty minutes. A lot of new stuff. Yeah, a lot of newer stuff. They'd only played. I think they played one song from uh, the Ultraviolence, and everything else was new. Nice. And uh, but Mark was in fantastic form. No, oh, cool. Um, band were in great form. Yeah. Um, just really, really tight. 
of all the bands that I don't know what Devil Driver are like really, but they were the real trashy band. Yeah. The rest of them were kind of new metal y, modern y kind yeah. of a band. Bands. Um, I did see one funny, well, it wasn't funny actually, but they, they were stage diving. And the security there are they're pretty okay. They normally yeah. leave uh, people do stuff. Did they play in the back room or they play upstairs? No, they played they played, uh, they played the big room. They, they big, played the big room. Oh, oh yeah, the big God. room, yeah. And um so the, the security are pretty good at leaving people hop around and yeah. do the stage dive and they'll bring them back out. So I'm there taking a few photographs, and next thing the security guy runs up to me. I'm like, what the fuck? Turn your flash off. Uh. I'm like, what? And I'm, I'm looking down and there's people fucking jumping on each other and pushing them around and everything. And here they are. They're like looking over the barrier. Everything's okay. But the minute my flash goes off, he fucking hairs out to me like oh, a light. Oh, they don't like flashes. No. And um, so one guy gets up on the stage and jumps into the crowd. And I'm standing off to the side. Um, again, the, the, the floor in the venue, there's like a small floor at the front and then yeah. it goes up a le- level right. and then up a level. So I'm up a level on, on the on the left-hand side. I'm really close to the stage and I'm looking down on the floor and this guy gets up on the stage and jumps into the crowd. And I'm, I thought not novice. And about 10 seconds later, these two guys just drag this girl out and put her <laughs> up against the wall, out cold, gone. <laughs> Must have fucking fell right on top of her, right? Yeah. So, of course, Death Angel were nearly over at that stage. And I'm, I left the venue. And right, there's a door right where they put the girl, ambulances. Yeah. Now, I hope she was okay. But, you know, sometimes these some of these people, they put their life into their own hands yeah. going in there. Because, like, when you're on the stage and you jump into the crowd, you don't know who the fuck you're going to land on. No. You know, it can be, be a little bit dangerous. But it was, it was kind of scary because she was out. Gone. Not good. No, no. like night over. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so hopefully she was okay. But there was a lot of fucking body slamming, and you know, I was like, I'm, yeah. t- I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, me too. I'm just too old. So you went to Alter Bridge, didn't you? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was great. Full, 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 full packed house. It was a packed house. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was ended up being. Uh, you know, we didn't we didn't even watch any of the other bands. We kind of we could see them on the TV in the uh, in the VIP room. So we just kind of we, we kind of looked there and stuff, and just we were just hanging out there. But we went out for Alter Bridge. We just were up on the the mezzanine level that comes off of the VIP room. Yeah, and we were just up there, and, and uh, it wasn't like a ton of people up on that level, but pretty much all the rails were pretty much taken up. But Nick, she kind of like found this spot where we could actually like there was this girl. She goes like, let's do what she's doing. And this girl was sitting down on the floor. And there's that little gap between that mezzanine level and the, the stadium balcony level. Yeah. And it was, like, perfect. So you could get, like, a perfect view of everything. It was just that you were, we just, like, sat down on the floor, like, under this concrete thing. And it was great. We just, like, watched the whole show there. Uh, uh, just awesome. Awesome show. Good sound? Oh, awesome sound. Yeah, it was great. Um, Miles sound good? Yeah, yeah. He was he was dead nuts on. And the whole band was just really, really tight. And uh, they put on a pretty long set, too, and did a lot of new stuff. And, uh, you know, just a great show. How did the new stuff sound? It, sound awesome. good? it was great. Yeah. The, the new album just, it's not doing it for me. And, I, and, I, and live, yeah. they kind of pushed it heavier as yeah. well. So it was, yeah, I, I thought it was just, they sounded really, really good. Did Miles play a lot of guitar? Yeah. Almost every song. Okay. Yeah, and then there's even well, one tune he came out just with acoustic, and he played and, and, and did that, and... Uh, 
And uh, but yeah, he played a lot of guitar. Did some, and part of the, the thing too was you know on more than one song where he and and, um, and Mark jammed out back and forth, trading solos off or challenging each other and stuff. And uh, so yeah, good show. Yeah, yeah. Miles can play. Oh yeah, guitar like he's yeah. a shit hot guitarist. Yeah. And of course, you got Mark, who's, who's great. Yeah, and it was good because they're different. You know, they're both really good guitarists, but they also they're stylistically in a little bit different directions. So as they're trading things off and stuff, it's it's kind of a uh, you know like, hey, this is you know what I can do on my end of it type of thing. And uh, yeah, it was good to watch. It was it was we had a lot of fun. Yeah, they're coming back. Um, I think it's in April. Yeah, I don't. They're not around here though. Yeah, uh, yeah. Metal Church and In Flames. I think yeah. they're playing with them. Yeah, but it was good. It was, I mean, it was it was cold. It was rainy. We were standing out in the rain, and and you know, big long line to get in. And that was even, I mean, close to like when bands were going to start coming on. We we're in the big long line. Was it a, during the week? Yeah, yeah. It was like a Wednesday, I think, or oh, a Tuesday. That sucks. And uh, just we yeah, were just like in the rain, and I just I left my hoodie in the car, so I'm just like getting soaked. And all of a sudden, I just realized they opened up the uh, they kind of had like barriers. And they opened one up to let this handicapped guy. And all of a sudden, I was like, wait a minute. I got a VIP. Like, what am I doing in the line? <laughs> I'm like, Nick, come on. <laughs> we went around, and everyone's like, what are they doing? And I went up, and they, oh, yeah, let us in. So, yeah, it's nice. It's uh, I don't know if you've ever been in the VIP room up there, but it's, it's, no, I've it's, never. it's really nice. No, up there, I'm, 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 I'm down with the common folk. There's a nice private. It's, it, it's worth doing. you got a nice private bar, and that fireplace going and stuff, and you can just sit back and what clothes pegs hang up your fucking wet lo- wet they, clothes they actually have a uh, complimentary coat check <laughs> and uh it's great and they had a band playing in there really good band playing in the in the in the uh up there as well Jeez, how big is the room up there it's pretty big wow yeah and then we you know we went back there afterwards just hung out for a little bit and just waiting for the crowd to kind of dissipate and they were actually like closing off some of the the room stuff up there as well so i think the some of the bands were coming up afterwards and stuff, but oh, yeah, nice. and it's nice because you have access to it all during the show too, so you can just go in and out at will. So, yeah, some yeah, of these good. places, once you get in there, they don't want you to leave it. Yeah, so it's good that they'll actually leave you go in and out whenever you want. Yeah, it's it's nice. So uh, yeah, it was it was it was it was worth doing, and it made it made it a lot more enjoyable. You can even, you know, you get drinks there. You can order food if you want and stuff. Some people are having full meals, so yeah, it's. It's nice, and if you if you kind of work ahead, you can even like reserve one of the small rooms if you like have a shitload of people and stuff. So yeah, I suppose these venues have to figure out ways to make uh, as much money as they can. Oh yeah, yeah. But so, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah gone, are the, gone are the days where it's just one. You pay one price and you can go anywhere in the venue. Yeah, those well, days are long gone. What time did the band finish? About eleven ish. Uh, yeah, must have been about eleven. Eleven. Yeah, about eleven. Yeah. yeah, I think any band that finishes really late during the week, I fucking hate them. Well, then I had to drive all the way the hell out to her house, and then drive all the way home. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, I was beat. <laughs> what, the VIP didn't include a taxi. No, no. <laughs> but no, it was a good show. It was a good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good stuff.
So I got a topic anyway. Okay. No, I, we don't get down here Roll that often for discussion. And this is very current. Uh-huh. I don't know whether you've heard this. So quite right drummer Frankie Benali has confirmed to Billboard that the band has split with singer Sean Nichols and has replaced him with American Idol finalist James Durbin. Nichols, who joined quite right after last year's departure of Jizzy Pearl, was with the band long enough to record the upcoming album, Road Rage, but after doing all of five live shows with Nichols, it became apparent to everybody that it really wasn't going to work, Benali said. There were some serious creative and personal differences. I'm not the type of person who will stay in a bad marriage for the kids, the kids in this case being quite right. It was unanimous it could not go any further. He continued, There's no comfortable thing about this situation. I think the record turned out great, but it's not that band anymore. So we have to deal with it. Is it troublesome? Absolutely. Is it risky? Absolutely. Is it the right thing to do? Absolutely. Now, why do we do this show? To promote the music. Yeah. Right. How the hell do you promote this? They have a new album coming out with a different singer. Well, it, uh, he's got great promotion. Everyone wants to hear the album about from the, with a guy that they fired or let go or split or whatever you want to call it. It's a I'll, great promotional tool. I'll, I'll tell you that one of our PR guys has that on his list of yeah. bands uh-huh. that have a new album coming out that he's going to want to push. Yeah. Right? And I, I'm thinking to myself, how the hell are we going to promote that? Yeah. And how our frontiers surely are not happy with this. No, I'm, I'm sure they're not, but uh, you got to admit, it's as far as, as generating interest, I'm sure it's generating a lot of interest. It's kind of like everyone would be dying to hear what the hell the Dan Nelson stuff sounded like with Anthrax. But that, th- in this case, they're actually going to hear what it sounded like. Fair you know? point. Um, I, just, uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm just like, they've had five... At least five singers yeah. since Kevin DeBro died. Did you did you did you see the documentary that they did? I did not. Oh, see, uh, I wish you had. No, no slight, you know, on the surviving members of the band, and and you know Frankie ben- Benali trying to keep the thing going. But man, that is good. That is like the hardest freaking gig in the world to have because the expectations that they have for somebody to replace heaven is so incredibly high just because of what Frankie expects of that person. And, you know, watching that documentary and, and, and seeing some of the guys they had and being like, well, they're no, that guy was pretty good. I mean, they had one guy that, you know, live was, would screw up lyrics of the, of the songs. And it's like, okay, that's kind of a problem, but they didn't even give much of a choice or a chance before they just hooked them right off and, and done. Um, I just think, you, you watch if you watch that, you, you're like wow, it's you can tell that there's just. I think Frankie puts incredible, incredible pressure on himself personally to to like pay the best homage to Kevin's memory he possibly can, and I think that that sets the bar so high for anybody that wants to be in that band, you know, and be the vocalist. It's just, I think, an incredibly stressful gig. Yeah. Now, one of the things that he says in in, the, in what I just read out was uh, the creative differences that they had with Sean Nichols. And that, and that part piqued my interest. Now, they recorded an album with the guy. Yeah. So if there was creative differences, the album wouldn't have been finished and yeah. it would have been gone beforehand. Yeah, and I so, can, that's what, that was the thing. was like, you talk about the album and then you, talk, and then you say about them doing the, some live stuff 
and then the creative differences. Yeah, I think some of it. I think some of the Swifts of bullshit. Uh-huh. I think a lot of these press releases. That, well, you used to always love truths. to pull out creative differences. Yeah, they're, 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 what the fuck? Ha- this it's only half the truth. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of this comes down to money, 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 money. All this is. Frankie is Frankie's probably nearly sixty. Yeah. Right. Now. We had Paul Shartino on the show ah, a while back. Yeah. And I asked him about the album he did, the Quiet Right album in 88. Yeah, great right? album. It's a great album. I love it. And Paul said that it should never have been released under the, the Quiet the right, right name, yeah. right? Now, on that album, it was Carlos and Frankie. Yeah. So you had two of the guys that played on Metal Health. Right. Right. So he's going out now, Frankie, as Quiet Right. He's the only guy. Yeah. They've had five singers. I think I think that the new guy is the sixth. Yeah. Right. And yet, Paul said that the album in '88 that had two of the guys on, on yeah. me, out of Metal Health should not be called Quiet Riot. Yeah. So what the fuck should this band <laughs> be called? It is interesting, right? Because you know what is the essence of Quiet Riot, right? It's it's obviously it's Kevin's voice. I mean, that's pretty much a signature of the band, right? Is his voice and his lyrics, and I mean, there's you know, there's the Japanese school of thought, right? That it's Randy Rhodes, but you know, here in the U.S., everyone thinks of well, of, they were Japanese only of, of the way they? that yeah, of the way Carlos played and his phrasing and and his playing and his soloing and all of that, um, and uh, you know, you kind of have Chuck in the mix, but of course, everyone thinks Rudy. You know, Chuck played on Quite Right Three, I think. So he's played with the band and Chuck's. A, by all accounts, Chuck's a great guy. I loved him in House of Lords. Yeah. I don't know Alex Grossi, the guitarist. I think he's been with the band for about 10 years. Right. Um, I've never met any of them, so I don't know them. Right. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, you just have this this thing Frankie always says about he wants to keep Kevin's memory alive. And sure. I'm thinking, you've had five singers since Kevin died, or six singers. You have a funny way of showing it <laughs> at times. All this, all this to me boils down to it's all money driven. Like, yeah. if Frank, well, but if Frank, really, you gotta watch the documentary <coughs> though because he's yeah he he's really personally conflicted about it, about all of this, and you can tell it's there's an emotional toll that's being taken on the guy. Like trying to keep this going. I'm not saying he's a hundred percent right but with why, what he's why doing. Why does he want to keep it going? This is the thing. Like, okay, I'll say I'll break it down this way, right? Bobby Blotzer went out as the rat experience, <laughs> right? And the only reason he changed it to rat is because if he if he called the band rat, yeah. he'd get more money. Sure. Frankie Vinali is not going to form a new band now with Chuck Wright, Alex Grossi, and whoever's singing in it, yeah. and call it the Frankie Vinali band or experience right. or what have you. But him calling it Quiet Riot, it's probably worth an extra 10 grand a night. So there, there, that has to be a big, big factor in all of this. You're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we get, if we get someone on from the band, how the fuck are we going to promote an album with a different singer that sang on it without like that's going to be the obvious question, right? Yeah. And then, and then it, it, it's like okay, so I want to talk about Sean's lyrics and they're going to go, well, he's not in the band anymore. And I'm like, well, what the fuck yeah, are we but, talking about then? I mean, I know the singer's a large part of it, but he, I mean, the singer's not the be all end all of the band either. I mean, this 
there could be some great songs on there that have I've heard, great guitar I, I'm playing. I'm going to be or, honest. There's one single out there, and yeah. it did nothing for me. Nothing. No, and I've uh, I've spoken to a lot of people, yeah, and they all say, "Nah, it's not really great." You know, like what? what, but what they're probably trying to what they're expecting is mental health, right? Yeah, but what do you what do you what do you want now from a singer from Quite Right? By by all accounts, this new guy does not sound like Kevin. And and to me. Now, granted, if Jay was here, right, Jay would be, when a singer leaves a band, I'm done, <laughs> right? That's his classic thing. And he sticks by it, and, and I admire him for that. To me, if they get a new singer, it's like, okay, great. I, you know, I don't need him to sound like Kevin Debro. I need him to sound like Sean Nichols, you know? I mean, that's what I want. That's why other bands that switch singers, you know, with the fact that, uh, you know, Alyssa replaces Angela in, in Arch Enemy. I don't want her to sound like Angela. I want her to sound like Alyssa. And she does. Great. You know, and, and I'm perfectly happy with still, I just pre-ordered the new Arch Enemy live DVD tonight. Because it's fine with me. I don't, I don't want her to, even when she's singing, you know, all the, all the great Angela stuff, she still has herself in it. It's great. And, and I just, I don't want Kelly Hansen to sound like Lou Graham. He, he does, but if he didn't, it would still, I'm you know, he still is a great vocalist. So like, great, be Kelly Hansen. So, I mean, but that's me. I mean, definitely there's people that are like, well, why, you know, Brian Johnson sucks because he doesn't sound exactly like Bon Scott. Well, Christ, who does, right? Brian still does a great job. I, I don't know. It's just, just me. You yeah. know, I, I'm, I like the whole thing. If, if all of it works for me, great, you know? Yeah, I'd be interested to see now how all, all Frankie's mates like Eddie Trunk spin <laughs> this because how do you sell this like without you know if you're Eddie Trunk or you know one of some of these guys that are on commercial radio yeah that you know rely on on you know not bullshitting as much they, yep. they can't really be honest. Because yeah. they have, you know, because there's a financial aspect to their to this is their oh, yeah, career, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And um, how do you spin this? That's positive. Like a lot of this is going to be like, oh fuck, it's that guy from America, Lytle. I'm, <laughs> I'm curious to see what he sounds like, but you're not seriously thinking, oh yeah, this is fucking quiet riot now. Sean Nichols, he wasn't quiet riot. This new guy is. I'm like, get, get real, yeah. And, but then other people might say, well, they've had so many singers now, I don't give a fuck anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, a, I think Keith said John was one of them from Burn and Rain. He did some shows with him. Jizzy Pearl, of course. Yeah, yeah. But Jizzy's did Rat. Jizzy did LA Guns. And yeah. He does, he does he a great job. He around and does his He stuff. does a yeah. great job. Yeah. And, um, but my God, like, like I, I don't think I'm even going to touch this if I'm offered it. I, yeah. honest, honestly. <laughs> honestly. I'm, I'm just not... I don't know. I guess it's interesting too that now I I I I will say one thing, and I said it about Bobby Blotzer. I have no problem with any musician earning their living. Sure. Sometimes I, I you know, I'm I'm probably this Uber fan who knows all the guys that have been in the band before. You've said this to me before. People go to Foreigner, they don't know who's on the stage. <laughs> yeah. I'm at the other end of the spectrum, yeah. right? So I'm I'm probably way in the minority here. Yeah. But you know, I just think that this whole thing is. A bit ridiculous now, to be honest. Uh, you know, it, it is. Um, it is interesting. Just the fact that he even bothered to do it, and like you're saying, you, you listen to the first single and you're like, eh. And if it was that far off the mark, like, but why? Why, like, why release? Bother? Why release new music under the Quiet Riot banner 
if he wants to honour Kevin's memory. Honouring Kevin's memory would be not to new, make any more new music because Kevin's not singing. <laughs> you got am me I, there. Am, am I wrong? No, you got me there. Yeah, I can't. I, I, you got me there. Yep. Yeah. I, I, okay, another thing. I'm sure there's not mo- a lot of money in record sales anymore. No, so I'll, I'll, gi- I'll give him kudos for that, that yeah. he actually wants to record new music. Because you know me, I love new music. But I don't know, just this whole whole deal with quite right it's like the rat thing and some of that may again. just be you know you got guys like alex who are fantastic freaking guitarists that are just being like come on can we just do something new can we write some songs can we you know i mean it, it's it's gotta in a way it's gotta suck to be at that level and you just keep playing now, the same stuff you you the, the earlier quiet riot stuff how much of that was written by frankie or was it all carlos and and rudy and kevin yeah, it was really you know. Was it a band it, effort? It was. It was. It was Kevin. It was. It was Carlos. It was. You know, it wasn't. You know, a lot of Frankie in there. Yeah. So that's that's another thing. Like Frankie's the only original member left. Yeah. And it's a quite right album, and he didn't write any of the other stuff. <laughs> Plus, their biggest songs were covers. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Did I want no Slade songs on this one? No? Well, except for yeah, I mean, Mo Mental Health wasn't, but yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's. It's weird. And you're right. I mean, how do you ultimately... Prom- I mean, it's promoting itself at the moment, right? How much did worship music get promoted because of the whole Dan Nelson thing? Well, there was that, but I think Joey coming back, and uh, plus that album was fucking phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Now, this Quite Right album, it might be really good, but Joey sang on worship music. Uh-huh. Um Sean Nichols didn't <laughs> sang on this, and he's not in the band anymore. So there's yeah. a difference off the bat. But yeah. I don't know. I think this thing is going to be, you know, they're going to go out now promote this, and um, they're going to promote it for as as little as they can because the guy who's singing is not in the band anymore. But it's still, I mean, if they tour and they opt to play some of the songs off of this, it'll still be this new guy singing those songs. I mean, yeah. now in between now and when this airs hopefully Sean Nichols will come out with a statement yeah. himself and I guarantee you it probably won't be the same <laughs> as the one Frankie gave out because there's, there's it's like anything to do with the music business now there's a lot more to it than meets the eye oh yeah absolutely and um, you know I, the, the rat thing might be over uh-huh. but uh, maybe the quite right thing is now only revving <laughs> up a little bit it, one ends and then another one yeah, and, and uh, did you see that the uh, the three guys from Bullet Boys have started a band now, minus Mark Torian? Oh, really? Yeah, lies, oh. treachery, and deceit—I think it's called. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, the, the, and the picture is—I uh, think it's the back cover of their debut album. Uh, it's the three of them and a little bit of Mark's head pushed off to one side. Oh, <laughs> you gotta love these eighties hair bands. Oh man. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, anyways, well, you know, one band that doesn't get caught in the drama is definitely Death Angel. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you say we we uh, we turn a better page and uh, and roll your uh, your talk with Ted Aguilar? Yeah, all right. All right, let's do that, man.
I know there's noise, so I'll try to speak a lot. No, no, it's cool. So Ted, tour started a few days ago. Several, uh, maybe a week and a half or so ago. Yeah. Are you familiar with all of the bands that's on the bill and all their music? Um, a little bit. Yeah. I know I'm familiar more with Devil Driver. I've been following them for a while. Yeah. You know, uh, following them since Des quit ch- Cold Chamber, basically. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. started uh, Devil Driver. Yeah. Uh, Winds of Plague. We've heard of them. Yeah. I never really see them until recently on this tour. They're really good. Yeah. And uh, we did uh, quite a few shows with the Agonist, but that's when Alyssa was in the band. Oh yes, yes. So we're she's with Arch with Enemy now. Isn't she's she? Arch yeah. Enemy now. And Azrael from um, yeah. Australia. I'm about ready to go see him tonight. Yeah. So bunch of good lads. Yeah. Are you are you the type of guy that you know first night you go up and you introduce yourself to him, or do you like to do it like naturally that it just happens over time? Both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. But most of the time I like to do it the first day. Yeah. Break the ice and see you know. Yeah. Get that out of the way and just you know let's have a good rest of the tour. Yeah. 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 So I'm interested now your your support right. So you got what 50 minutes. 40. 40 minutes. Is that... Picking a set list for 40 minutes, right? <laughs> I, I know this is the million dollar question, right? It is. You got a new album. Yeah. The Evil Divide is yeah. excellent, right? Can you throw more new songs in and leave some of the older stuff out because, you know, you're not the headliner as such and, you know, you can kind of challenge the audience a little bit more? Or yeah, is, Are there songs you have to play? That's a hard one. You know, the set list is really hard. We try to at least touch on every album, but we can't in the 40 minutes. But we have a new album, so we have to at least play two. Yeah. Then, you know, then the dream calls for blood, you know what I mean? Then you have to work back and, you know, we're skipping maybe a couple of albums, but it's hard, but it, it all depends on, you know, we pick out a set list and we rehearse it and we go, man, that's gonna be good. But the true test is when you go, play it live yeah and some songs like oh man that song was a bit too killer song but I think we should swap it out for this now we have a set where it's like really punchy yeah really. Do, you, do you find that you have to pick the shorter songs to fit them in that you can't pick like the six minute song yeah yeah so but it's okay we're, we're picking the, the, the songs that fit the whole vibe of this tour yeah and what feels right for us which is most important but when we do a proper headlining tour, that's when we're going to start busting out all the cool stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, it is hard to pick out, pick songs 40 minutes, especially when you have a new album out. Because yeah. you do want to play, we'd like to play more from the new album, but then again, you can't really, you know, you can't leave out the other stuff because people are, do want to hear the other stuff. Yeah, now, of course, the band made a few albums before you joined them. Yeah. Is there anything on those albums that you've never played that you'd still love to tackle? That we never, never played? Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you this. We played all the Ultraviolence. Okay. Um, we played all of Act 3 at one point with the old lineup. And, okay. You know, you know, we haven't played a couple of songs with this lineup, but when the band reformed, we played pretty much everything off of uh, Act 3. But there's some stuff off Frolic I'd like to play. We, we played Guilty of Innocence a couple oh. of times. I'd like to play that again. Oh, wow. But we might save those songs for like our Christmas shows. Yeah. That we and, uh, have in San Francisco. That's when we bust out the obscure tracks. You, you know? play Cold Gin? We have at a Christmas show okay. with Gus Peppa on guitar. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So we do that, you know, hometown, because that's where we all, that's where we started. Mm-hmm. The band started there, so it's like, if we're going to do a hometown show, let's do something special. You know, bust out the obscure tracks. And it's kind of hard to do that on a 40-minute tour. You do an obscure track, people go, 
what's this? And probably only one person, maybe like you. Yeah. Yeah, I know that one. But, you know, there's a time and place for it all. Yeah, I find that I'm one of the guys that I love hearing bands play new material. And I've, I've interviewed people on the show and they're like, you are very rare. All people want to hear is all the old stuff. I, I, think, mean, with, I think with the trash bands, though, I think the trash ba- the trash audience does want to hear the newer stuff more than maybe the, the hard rock bands. Exactly. I mean, right now, I mean, metal's different from hard rock, you yeah. know? You're going to get those people who want to just hear nothing but old stuff. And you're going to want, and there's some people who are back from the day still want to hear new stuff. And there's, and metal fans are just growing. So, you know, they only know the, pretty much the new stuff, then they go back and discover the old stuff. Yeah. But some of the old fans are kind of like, a lot of them are stuck there, and some actually kept going and yeah. checking out new mm-hmm. stuff. So, you got to please both. It's hard. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But we want to play new stuff because that's what we're writing. We don't want to rest on, you know, we don't want to rely on the past. There's a lot of, like you said, rock bands, they put out a new album. They play one new song and everything is uh, from the hits. Yeah, and I, I, I get why they do that. I do, it's, I do. It's, that's the bread and butter. That's The MTV probably did that for them. And yeah. in, in a way, it was great for them, but it, yeah. in another way, it killed them. It did. Because it, it pigeonholed them to those songs and they got to play them. Yeah, then it's, what's the point of writing a new album then? You might as well like keep going and just, you know, Yeah. Yeah. play nothing but your old stuff. Yeah, but. so of course, one of the things you hear from a lot of people when they're on the road is, how mundane it can get, how repetitive it can get day after day after day. But what do you do to try and mix that up a bit? Are you someone who likes to walk around the cities you get in or, or do you just like put on your DVD and watch a box set? Or, or how, a little or bit of all. It depends on, on who you ask. Yeah. You know, for me, it's a new city every day. If it's not as cold as it is today. I know, I hear you. And we're in a good city, I'll walk around. I'll check things out. I always find something to do. Mm. I'll hang out with my crew. I'll hang out with the other bands. I'm usually like, I do a lot of filming. Okay. So I, I try to do some video editing. Nice. I find something to do, you know, I, I walk around. You know, sometimes I have friends in the city, we'll go do something, you know, but it does get mundane if you let it get mundane. Okay. You know what I mean? People go, yeah, it's the same thing day after day, but what are you doing? You're doing the same thing. If you do the same thing, you get the same results. Mm-hmm. So I try to, personally, I try to mix it up and I do something. So that's how you get your own space, like when you're on yeah. tour, because yeah. like, if you're all on the same bus together. Yeah. And you gotta like, you go you gotta your separate. way. Yeah. yeah, you gotta separate. You, you need your own space. It's good for you and it's good for everyone else. Yeah. Because you're trapped in, a, you're trapped in that uh, tube for like hours and hours traveling. And, you know, when you get to the city, you want to jump out. Yeah, you know, and check things out. What's the longest you've ever been on the road? Not one time. Was there, was there one tour that you went? Oh my god! I the relentless retribution, relentless retribution tour was three years. <laughs> three years oh, for that album cycle. Wow.
in this day and age, that's a lot. That's a lot. But you know what? I don't know. Could we do it now? Yeah, we could do three years. It depends on what tours come up. Right now, we did a lot of touring for that album because it was the first with the new lineup with Will and Damien. Yeah. So we had to tour and tour and tour to kind of like let people know we're still a band, you know? Yeah. So uh, I'd do it again if it's right. Now that we're all settled in, I'd like to do a three-year tour, but proper touring, maybe good packages, decent headliners, not just go out to tour the tour. Yeah. You know, yeah. it has to be done right. Yeah. Now, you have a unique perspective on this. Um, I'm from Europe, right? You love Europe. European audiences are generally a lot different than American audiences. Of course. Can you put your finger on the pulse why? You know, I've asked a lot of people this about a lot of different answers. Um, I've talked about this with people before, even our bass player Damien. Europe's been around much longer than the United States. Yeah. There's a lot of roots. There's a lot of culture. There's a lot of, even if you go way back to the Roman days, people go and they celebrate an event. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's events, you know, the Romans and, you know, everyone has events. Uh, I don't know what the Scottish have. Or the Irish, uh, yeah. they have Patrick's Day. <laughs> say Patrick's Day. There's events. Everyone goes and celebrates, and everyone's really open-minded. The music out there, you know. I mean, to me, I love America. Don't get me wrong. I mm. love it here. It's a great place. But everything, I pay attention. Like nowadays, everything is like this is it. They try to force feed everything to you. This is what's it, and and if it's then they jump to the next. Once they're done, they jump to the next. They're next, fi- and they're fickle audience. Is what yeah, you're fickle. yeah, like they force feed over there in Europe. It's like I, I extended at a friend's house. We were watching a music, a music television video, which we don't have here no more. You watch Peter Gabriel, and the next video is Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, it's like it's so odd. They play metal videos mm-hmm. on TV in regular rotation. You don't have that here, so people are so used to that variety of music yeah. that, you know, I'm going to see, I'm going to see. And and it's so big out there. It's it's so open and so they embrace it more. Even you can just see it when you go to the venues. Yeah. The venues, proper venues with showers, there's catering, and their mentality, you know, when you show up to the venue and there's catering, their mentality is you traveled a long way to come here, you need to eat. Like a family thing. Yeah. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the venues are proper. They go, you need, they know the arts is important to the people yeah. in Europe. The yeah. art, they support the arts. In mm-hmm. Scandinavia, they support the arts. And everywhere in Europe, they support the arts. Yeah. So, they, and there's, I, I know some countries, the government supports it. They put money into it. So, people have a place to go to see music, to see art, to see maybe rock, metal bands, punk bands, comedians, or any style of music. That's why people are out there because it's the culture. Yeah. Music and art is important. They support it. Yeah. Whereas here, there's very few that support it, but not as big as over there. It's the mentality, I think. Yeah. Um, what's the oddest bill you've been on? Like, this bill has got a lot of, more or less all metal bands on it. But wow. When you, get to, when you get to Europe, like, you can go up and, like, you could be on with, say, a pop band or a ska band or something. Yeah. Have you ever gone to Europe and been on a bill like that? Or even festivals. Festivals. Yeah. I mean, we played with, like, the Dropkick Murphys or something, at Full okay. Force, you know? Yeah, yeah. But that's a good thing, you know? I love that. Yeah, I, I like it, too, where it doesn't seem like it's embraced here. I mean, you have 
uh, shows like Rockstar Mayhem or Ozfest, mm-hmm. where it's a variety of bands, but people just end up. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna show up for the headliner. Yeah. We're in Europe, man. At Eleven o'clock in the morning, that place is packed because oh, people yeah. want to go. They 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 take a holiday so they can go celebrate music and see all music, you yeah. know. And that's why a lot of bands embrace Europe a lot. Yeah. They do embrace it, and it's it's. The, the culture about it I think it stems from way back in the day like I said the Roman times where they celebrate an event yeah, is, is there any festival show in Europe that you've played that stands out like if you played Download or Vakken or Vakken we played Vakken yeah. Vakken's a bit too big that's you know? a, that, what amazes me about Vakken is it sells out before they even announce yeah. it in the bill that's incredible it's incredible and it's good for them Yeah, I like Vakken it's a big festival it's, it's actually way too big you know yeah. but good for them and good for the band mm-hmm. I, I like festivals in the um, kind of like in the middle like a couple a uh, year and a half ago we played Alcatraz Festival in Belgium okay. which is one of my favorites mm-hmm. it's run really well Yeah, the people who run it, it's awesome they treat the band it, it's just you from the time you roll in to the time you leave everything's run really well excellent the fans are awesome it's just the vibe is cool you know, when we played Bang Your Head Festival, Grass Pop, and Hellfest, all those festivals in Europe, any pretty much any festival we play in Europe, it's great. Yeah. Because it's it's how you know over here, over there is the promoters are fans over oh, here. Yeah. Usually, when you when you get to a big tour when it's taken by either Ticketmaster or Live Nation, it's corporate. Mm-hmm. You don't know if they're fans, but yeah. you go to a big festival in Europe like Alcatraz. The guy who throws Alcatraz, yeah, man, I'm He's a huge a fan. fan. Excellent. And you're like, wow, this dude's throwing this huge festival, and he's a diehard fan. Which, yeah. you know, over here you don't know who the promoter is. Like you just walk in. So, like I said, it's a whole different thing out there, and we really like being out there. I mean, we also like touring here too, but it's just two different things. It's just different. Yeah. Is it is it that night and day? It's really? a night and day. It's a really night and day. But okay. the good thing about touring the US is the fans. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean we played in places like a bar where it's like, oh man, but hey the fans show up, they wanna hear it, so we play for them. Yeah. Regardless of the situation. What? It makes it easier to play in proper venues okay. to put on your show. It does. Yeah. But if you walk in and it's not proper, you just have to make the best of it. Can't complain to say let's just do what we have to do in this situation because you know these yeah. people pay to come see you now, now what about South America now How, I've heard a lot of stories of the fans being absolutely they are abs- down there. they are absolutely nuts they're really really passionate I mean there's it's a, it's a different type of passion they're just like crazy passion like they never get it because it's hard to go down there they're probably glad you're there and yeah. yeah and it's a good release it's hard to get bands out there in yeah. South America you hear, I hear the horror stories of like you know, promoters are bringing you off, and, and yep. just you know, you, I hear those stories where Europe, it's you really don't have a problem, really, mm-hmm. unless you get into like the Eastern Bloc or Russia yeah. or something like that. But South America is really crazy. It's really, it's so they're so passionate. It's scary. Okay. You know, but you, I love, we love it. You know, is there anywhere awesome. else in the world like you, you haven't toured that you really want to go? Like, have you done Japan or Australia? we've done Japan? Australia is awesome. Okay. Australia is like. They're all different, man. Japan's yeah. different. It's all different, but it's great. You know, we did Southeast Asia, which is, you know, it's a different trip, you mm-hmm. know? But the good thing about touring the world is we all have different... We all are different. Different in how we grow up. Yeah. Religious differences, mm-hmm. political differences, cultural differences. But we share a common goal, 
in music. Yeah. So we go out there, and as soon as, as soon as you play, all that goes out the window. All the the politics, the religion, everything. You know, just like we're here to celebrate music. Mm. That's the great thing about it. Yeah. Um, I just want to finish up with a couple of questions. Sure. The last album. Um, you worked on. You worked on. Um, uh, what's the second album you did? Killing Season. No, well, the, the, with, with Nick uh, Raskell. Yeah, right? Nick. Yeah, Killing I wanna, Season. I want to compare the producers. I'm all, oh, right? yeah. So, Nick, we, I, I spoke to Ricky Warwick from Black Star Writers okay. two weeks ago, right? Yeah. And they've worked with two albums with Nick, right? Yeah. And he said he's big into pre-production and tearing the songs down. Oh yes. Now, is Jason completely the opposite? Do you have to win basically with all your shit together with song, song wise, or does he actually pull them apart as well? No, Nick is like, uh, they're two different animals. Yeah. Two different animals, and I love them both. Nick was really hands-on. He, he came up to the Bay Area for pre-production. Heard, he heard the demos, he heard the songs, pre-production there. We got into the studio, we did more pre-production. All right, you're ready. Then we start the real recording. <laughs> so, and he was like, okay, try this. You know, he, he delved into the songs, which is good. Yeah. You know, it's great. It's a great experience. With Jason, Jason likes, he's just like, I want to hear fresh ears. Write your songs. I don't want to hear it until you come in. And so we come in, we come and record. He hears it, he goes, all right, that's cool. How about doing this? And it's like, he just wants to hear it. He doesn't want to, because you're already going to keep hearing it and hearing yeah, it yeah. while you're tracking and tracking. So Jason wants a fresh perspective. Okay. He doesn't want to hear anything until yeah. you come in. And uh, which is a cool thing, because... Then he'll go, all right, all right, that's cool. That note's off. Let's try this note. You know, because if we did pre-production, then you're kind of, in a way, you're kind of chasing the dragon. Yeah. You, did you know, you can go, yeah. the demo's on, let's do this, let's do this. And sometimes you lose the whole, the you, you break it down so much that it's cool, but, yeah. it, you know, the magic is kind of lost. Where Jason comes in and is like, he breaks it down a little. He tries to keep it as fresh and lively but with minor changes. Is it, is it difficult? Now you've worked, you've done three records. With yeah. Them, right? Is it is it difficult now to keep it fresh with him? Because on one level, he's he's fantastic for you guys, but on yeah. the other level, you're looking at him and you're thinking, I know what he's going to say here, and you're finishing his sentence before he says it to you. That you're trying to keep it fresh. You know, it's like Dieter Dirks with the Scorpions. That they, they, they reckon they did a couple of albums too many with him because they were so familiar with how yeah. he worked that it got stale. Well, it, it it got good because you know, fuck. I know what he's gonna say, so I better push myself. Okay. You get what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, okay, I got this part, but I know I like it, but I know Jason's gonna say something, so I better think of some alternatives. Okay. Then give it, and he'll go, oh, that's cool. Then he'll just, instead of. So you're ahead of the game, and you push yourself yeah. with Jason. You know what I mean? It's like, you know he's gonna push you, so push yourself, so that way it's. It's easy. Okay. You know, instead of wasting time or whatever, like, oh, dude, dude, there's a, the, you already know, like, you already know what he's gonna say. Okay. Is he like, is he pretty quiet in the studio? Like, or can he, can he, like, is there times that, like, he'd actually shout at you guys and say, look, no, get no, shit together? Or? No, Jason's really, really supportive. Mm-hmm. He's really patient. I mean, Jason's one of those producers, like, when it's time to work, let's work. Okay. As soon as you get it done and he thinks that's it, that's the take, take a break. Okay, it's done, dude. You did good. Let's go. And you're like, really? So that way you don't burn yourself out. He's good. Like, let's work hard right here in this section. And when it's done, that sounds good. All right, let's move on. Take a break. Let's watch a little TV. Let's hang out. Nice. So you kind of get that breather instead of 
beating yourself up all the time. Nice. So, yeah. And it's good. It's a different trip, but it works for us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It works for us. Yeah. So you, you think like you've done three albums with him. Yeah. Like, yeah. From now on, he seems to be the, the guy for the It mass. seems. It seems. But, you know, will we do a fourth album? We don't know yet. It all depends on how the song, the new songs come about, how they sound. Yeah. And scheduling, you know, it, you know, maybe, you know, I had ideas of maybe let's do, let Jason do half the record. Let's do, let's see, try something different. You know what I mean? Branch out. Yeah. I don't know. Being honest now, when you did the first album with the band, you were on the art of dying. Right? Yeah. Did you think you'd be still recording with the band now? Like no. a bit of a pipe dream at the time? Let's yeah, take it a pipe one dream. at a time. Take it one at a time. You yeah. Know? But it, it, you know. I'm five albums in with these guys, yeah. and it's great, all great experiences. I, I wouldn't, I don't regret any single one of them. I don't take it for granted. It's, it's a blessing. Yeah, you know, and just you know. a couple of questions to finish off. Um, I want to ask you about the bonus track on the CD, Wasteland. Oh, yeah. It sounds like you too. I'm like, it sounds completely different, and I love- Mission it. UK. Hmm? It's the Mission UK. Oh, oh the Mission. Mission UK. Oh, Wayne Hussey's band. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, Mission, yeah. Mission UK. That, that was Mark's choice Yeah. as a cover. We, we go, let's do a cover. And Mark goes, I want to do the Mission UK Wasteland. And yeah, you know, we, we like covers, you know. And, you know, we did Heaven and Hell the last time. And, you know, the band's known to do covers, but that one turned out really good. Yeah. yeah I like it, you the, know. One of the things I, I like, I, I'm a massive fan of Act 3. Okay. Because of its Me vari too. variation. Me too. It, right? And I'm thinking... Are the band ever going to do something like a room with a view again, or or, or as an acoustic track? Because the trash stuff, I love it. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. But the, the little variations, I kind of miss sometimes. It, it's this new album is pretty varied compared yeah. to the Dream Calls for Blood yeah. and Relentless. But I'm thinking, damn, are they ever going to do an acoustic track again? I mean, we won't rule it out. I mean, we're not going to just sit there and go. We need to write something because of that. It's just got to come. It's just, this is the headspace we're at yeah, right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be fair to go, you know what? We're going to, we have to write an acoustic because we did it before and we have to. No, it has to fit the songs that we're writing. And yeah. I'm sure at the time when they wrote Act 3, they, they were in that headspace of the variety. You know, they were listening to different stuff, mm -hmm. this and that. Right now, we're listening to a lot of heavy stuff. Yeah. We're still listening to some of the old Mm -hmm. the stuff but and plus it's it's a different time yeah now. I mean we won't rule it out when there's a time for it I'm sure it's gonna come mm -hmm. you know I know Rob has a lot of cool stuff under his you know some recorded stuff but when the time is right I mean yeah. I'm sure it'll come yeah. I mean Rob did it on the art of dying with words to the wise yes, he did that, yes. you know but then in killing season there was something similar like resurrection machine that yeah. whole but Oh, and he did Volcanic on Relentless. Yeah. See, so there's something. Some, yeah. There's some, but to do something like Room of the... V I mean, it just has to come naturally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like in Act 3, it came naturally for them. Mm-hmm. So I don't, want, I don't want to force it and put it on a record that doesn't belong. You yeah, know? yeah. It's a great song, guess, but it doesn't belong in what we're writing right yeah. now. So. Yeah. And final question. Um... Of course, the big four, yourselves, yeah. Testament, Overkill, Creator, you've all released killer albums in the last 15 months. And I'm thinking, why are all these trash bands still so hungry and able to produce such fantastic music? Like, is there something in the water with all you guys, or, or what is it? 
Maybe because we're so pissed off, no one's buying records. <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Maybe we're just, you know, one, we still love to do it. Yeah. You know I mean, it's, it's one of those, like, uh, being able to get a second chance at doing this. Yeah. You go, man, let's just, you know, there's no pressure, you know, with, uh, I'm sure I've heard the stories from back in the day, like the 80s record labels telling them what to write we need yep. a hit and all that and that that's a lot of pressure to do you know what i mean trying to write something that maybe you're not into but you have to yeah and try to make it your own so you're really happy with it but nowadays there's no pressure from anyone we have artistic freedom with you know no one's forcing you well you're not gonna play we're not gonna play that song on the radio because it's too long well there's youtube you know, there's people who just download it to get it. Yeah. You know, so that that pressure that that pressure is off, where we could just write whatever we want. You mm. know, and we just feel like writing some, not worrying about. You know, we have to write this so we can get huge or make more money. It's not. No, we just want to write music that we like. So that I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, and just being able to be here. You know, like wow, we're still alive to do this let's make the best of it yeah. not 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 to compromise are you aware of all what the other bands are doing like is there a healthy competition there it's like oh shit i heard this album oh, we have to I, do I, something no. really good here or no it's not like we gotta do something like oh man that's a killer record yeah you know like and they go dude your record's killer no your record's cool it's a it's a friendly competition it's not like oh man, fuck them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa, they, they stepped it up. That's, it it kind of gives you that little push to, yeah, you yeah. know, I want to be up there with you and they go, come along. And, you know, it's just more like a, a friendly push instead of a fist, yeah. a punch. So it, it's cool. I mean, everyone's releasing good records. We like it. And it's just, we look at it as it's keeping our style of music alive. Yeah, I'd agree. Instead of like tearing each other down. It's like, do they put out a good record? That's good for us too. It's good for the whole community. Mm -hmm. You know, you gotta look at. I look at it that way. Yeah.
right, metalheads, that will do it for yet another week of Focus on Metal. Hope you enjoyed Richie's conversation with Ted Aguilar of the Mighty Death Angel. And of course, they are still on tour, so be sure to catch them if they come your way. Great show, not to be missed. And be forewarned, don't be staged over upon. And in case you're wondering, yes, that interview did pretty much end as abruptly as I edited it. I actually completely forgot to ask Richie about that whole deal, but uh, yep, it did really end uh, just like you hear it right there. So for a change of pace, we actually know what is in store for next week. Can you freaking believe it? Richie was listening to one of our uh, fellow podcasters and he got a great idea for a show. So uh, he actually uh, gave a call to Joel Hoekstra from Whitesnake and proposed a little discussion topic to have with Joel. So that is what is in store for you next week is a nice conversation that Richie had with Joel Hoekstra all about the year 1987. So while you're waiting for that, be sure to keep up with us at focusonmetal.blogspot.com, focusonmetal.net. Of course, you can talk to Richie on Facebook. You can hit me up on Twitter. And we've also got the old YouTube channel going. I don't even know what the hell's on there right now, but yeah, it's out there anyways. And just a reminder that our good friends over at earpeeler.com do have their Patreon campaign going. You can point your browser to patreon.com slash earpeeler and get in on that and if you don't already know what earpeeler is all about you can go over to earpeeler.com check that out as uh, you can see all the uh, amazing shows they have available for you to listen to there we are basically talking about a one-stop shop for a music podcast the guys over there are doing the work for you so check it out and of course support them at patreon.com slash earpeeler so That is it. There ain't no more. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. So for Richie, myself, and everybody else here at Focus on Metal, have yourselves a great metal week. And until we talk to you again next week, remember... Focus on Metal! Everything else is insignificant. Go home.